Anybody here uh, a procrastinator? Wow. Real quick. Goodness gracious. Yeah, and the, and the rest of you that, uh, that didn't put your hand up, you're like, I don't feel like it. I'll do it later. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all of us have some version of that uh, in, in us, you know, in, in some way, shape, or form. And you can stop pointing to the person next to you, by the way. It's rude. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, in, in some ways, I can be the opposite of, of that in some things. And then in other things, I'm, I, I can definitely be a procrastinator. I think all of us have at least some sort of selective that in us. When it comes to tasks and responsibilities and, and, and things like that, I'm, I'm almost the opposite. I'm a little bit too much of a planner sometimes. Um, but when it comes to things that are, uh, you know, maybe apply to me personally, like actually like to Jay, unless I'm really passionate about it, there, there will definitely be times that, that I'll put it off and and I'm sure you can relate, you know, whether it's things like, you know, I need to make healthier food decisions for lunch during the week, and, uh, but I just don't have time to make something this morning, so I'm just going to hit Taco Bell because it's, you know, cheaper and, and quick and easy, and, you know, maybe I didn't, you know, wake up in time to, to make food or, or whatever. Or, you know, we need to clean out the garage, and, but man, I'm tired after two services, so like, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, and, and or whatever. You know, fill in the blank for yourself there. Um, but can I give you a quick news flash for a second here? Um, tomorrow never actually arrives. <laughs> Think about it for a minute. Tomorrow never actually arrives. I could tell you, like, yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. And you know what's after tomorrow? Tomorrow. Yeah. Because tomorrow never actually arrives. And so what we're going to do for the next couple of weeks, we're going to take a look, actually, at the difficulties of change in the Christian life. And for us to not say, I'll do it tomorrow, but instead to take advantage of the moments that we have that God gives us in the here and now. Because when we understand how procrastination affects our sanctification, like, wow, that's a lot of big words, but we're going to get to that. The, the power of growing our spiritual habits, the power of the life-giving process of change that is intended for our life, for the Christian life, is an amazing thing. And we might put off the changes that we need to make in ourselves, but we're really quick to point out the changes that need to be made in others, aren't we? We're, we're good at pointing those things out. And we're good at maybe telling other people, have you ever noticed you're much better at giving advice than you are at receiving it? And, and actually maybe giving yourself advice? But make no mistake, changes will happen. Changes will happen. And why can I say that? Because we know that change is a constant. Change is a constant. In this world, if there's anything that we can count on to stay the same, it's change, <laughs> right? We can either accept that, and we can accept the reality of that, or we can fight it kicking and screaming, only to find ourselves in an unfamiliar place because change has happened all around us. And change is, it's a constant in life. Seasons change, people change, governments change, technology changes. Good grief, does technology change? Animals change, and the list could go on. Can I tell you what doesn't change? Jesus doesn't change. The word of God doesn't change. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, this world changes. You are going to change. I am going to change. We are always in a season of change. So what are we doing with that? Some of the changes can be positive, 
Some of the changes can be exciting. Maybe it's a, a promotion at work, right? Maybe it's, um, maybe it's the, man, we've had nice weather this week, and we're like, what do we do with that? You know, changing the weather. We don't know what that's like necessarily in Ohio, do we? Just wait five minutes. But maybe it's road construction getting finished. <laughs> I'm kidding. That never happens. Um, but there's also changes in life that happen that are painful. There's changes that happen that are negative. You know, maybe it's a loss of a marriage. Maybe it's unexpectedly being let go from your job. Uh, it could be uh, having a child go through a really traumatic accident or, or illness or something along those lines. All these things in life that happen, these different seasons of life, some can bring happiness, some can bring sadness, some can bring joy, others can bring fear. But as we've talked about over the last series, God is sovereign and he is all-powerful and in control and over all of it and walks through it all with us, even in all of the seasons. If you have your Bibles or you want to follow along in the Bible app, we're, uh, we're going to start in the book of Ecclesiastes. We're going to go Old Testament um, right here at the beginning. And I want to look at this passage in Ecclesiastes uh, from Solomon. And Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes, and, and, it's, and it's written very differently than some of the Gospels that we spend a lot of time in, the narrative stories about Jesus. This is written very differently. It's, it's very poetic and how it's written, um, but it's also uh, not a narrative, as I've said, in the same way. In many ways, you could actually look at Ecclesiastes as kind of a therapy session of Solomon's uh, that's written down. And he argues with himself. And he reflects over his life choices. And some good, some bad. While he's known as the wisest man to ever live, you start to see as you read through Ecclesiastes where this wisdom has, uh, that God has you know, put on him has, has come from in many ways. But it's also encouraging to us as the reader, at least it should be, encouraging to us to a God-centered worldview. Uh, as opposed to becoming... Um, you know, the victim of the frustrations and, and the unanswered questions of life that are always going to be there. And you know, as humans, we have a lot of control over a lot of things, but time is not one of them. Time is not one of them. Time is one of the things that human beings cannot produce. We cannot increase. We cannot decrease. We must live with the time and the changes that we are given. And we don't have control, and that can be really tough to come to terms with a lot of times. So we're going to be in chapter 3, the book of Ecclesiastes. And I want to read the first eight verses here to kind of set the tone for what we're going to be talking about. Here's what he says. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Time to be born, time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So the poetry of this list 
describing the different seasons and the different facets of life, it's a relatable thing. Because if you think about what we just read, you could see the different seasons and, and probably even the different seasons of your life. As you think about how these things apply to you, even this week, I'm sure that this week you've seen back and forth. You've seen ups and downs. And the ideal for us, ideally, we would like for the good to happen more than the bad. But when you read this, it can feel like it's casting a shadow over our life because of the inevitability of trouble and evil that's always there. And sometimes what feels like the monotony of life. See, the bad answers the good here, just as in seasons of life, things like that do. And we can't escape the bad things any more than the good things never completely escape us either. And death, that has a way of kind of pushing us to reflect on life in many ways. When somebody we know or somebody that we know a lot of people know, like a celebrity maybe even, passes away and it causes us to reflect on how fragile life is. I'm sure a lot of you remember in 2020 uh, when Kobe Bryant passed away from that tragic helicopter accident and uh, so many people had so many great things to say about him. But Shaquille O'Neal, who was his uh, teammate for a lot, of, you know, a lot of years and won a couple of championships with him, um, was asked about it and, and interviewed about it and he was, he was tearful and slowing down and thinking. And this is a guy that has all the money in the world, you know, more, more than he'll ever be able to spend. All the fame, all the fortune, all of those things. And this is what he said. He said, it makes me think that in life, sometimes instead of holding back certain things, we should just do. We take stuff for granted. And he's so right. We take stuff for granted. See, each moment that we have is God-given. And we take that for granted. We take that for granted way too often. And I think we need reminded of this daily of how often we take each moment that God gives us, each breath. And in the midst of change, as believers, we need to recognize that each moment is a God-given moment. And, and really living in recognition of that fact, what does that look like for you? We need to take this life day by day from the hand of God, realizing that God has given us a time for each thing to be done that's put in our life. James chapter 4 Verse 14 says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a time, for a little time, and then vanishes. Another translation talks about how life is a vapor. Listen, the, the time that we have on this earth is so minuscule as compared to eternity. It's a blip. It's a blip as compared to eternity. And so what are we doing with that time? What are we doing with those moments? What are we doing with the moments that God has given us? Because we're doing something with them. We're doing something because even, even nothing is something. Even making a decision to do nothing is something. You know, as the summer months begin and we get into to this time, we like to think of it as time off. And sure, there's an aspect of that, absolutely, and we should. We should take time to rest and, and to honor the Sabbath principle, for sure. It's a, it's a godly thing to do. But, but that doesn't mean we take a break from how we live. We don't take a break from following Jesus. He's given us every moment. 
So let me actually encourage you and challenge you in this way to actually double down on following Jesus this summer. Yes, get the rest that you need. Yes, take a step away from, from some things, absolutely, and, and, and all of those times. But can I encourage you to actually double down on following Jesus this summer? What if this summer you grew more in your walk with Jesus than you ever have? I'm, I'm a very goal-oriented person in terms of like deadlines and stuff. I'm just a deadline person. I set, I make up deadlines for myself to get stuff done. And I'm sure some of you do that as well. But what if your deadline was, let's call it September 1st. What if starting now, June 4th, September 1st, you were able to look back and say, wow, I have grown in my relationship with Jesus up to today. And look at what God has shown me over this time. What would that look like for you? As a church family, we started the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting and reading God's word together. And it was an awesome thing. It was an incredible thing. We all had the same goal. We were all praying for the same things. We were intentionally seeking the Lord for his, for his hand of providence with his church. And you know what? He honored that. He honored that in some amazing ways. One of the things we prayed for is that he would fill the house we prayed that we would have a heart for the house, that, he would, that we would have a heart for each other. We prayed that he would fill the house, and we prayed that we would all wake up. And I hope that we're continuing to pray for that. And you know what? There are some of you that are in the room here because the house has gotten fuller. Maybe you've noticed. God is answering prayer. God has honored that. Some of you are, are new with us, and we are so excited that you're here, and, and we're so glad that you're here. And this is just the beginning. I truly believe that God is just getting started with Connect Church, but you know what? Why stop in January? Why leave it there? Why not continue to pray? Why not continue to ask God to do amazing things? Why not continue for it to start with you individually as we're growing in our faith together collectively? The idea that I'll get right with the Lord one day, I've heard that so many times. One of these days, I'll, you know, I'll get right with the Lord. I'll, I'll start a Bible study you know, tomorrow. Or my favorite, I, I just don't have time right now. I just don't have time right now. I love that one. And if you'll just put maybe a little bit of, of pride ego aside for just a second and just listen to, listen to my heart on this particular one because as we've read and we all know, we all have time for what is truly important to us. You have time for what is truly important to you because we will find time for the meetings. We will find time for the ball games. We will find time for the movie that we have to see. We will find time for scrolling on social media and not realizing how long we've been doing that. We'll find time for that. We'll find time to go on those vacations. We'll find time to be, uh, you know, to work on that project in, at the house or whatever or fill in the blank. We'll find time for all of those things. But I just can't find time to get into the word of God and spend a few minutes with him each day. And when you put it that way, and when you hear it that way, if that doesn't convict you, as it convicts me to even say it about even myself, this is what God, when Jesus said, follow me, he didn't just mean one hour a week. You have 168 hours and we're giving him one. What are we doing with the other 167? Are we only following him for the one? And I, and I know you, you, you might be like, man, Jay, that's kind of tough to hear. It's the truth though. And you're not really mad at what I'm saying. You're mad at what the word of God is saying. That's right. And so as we look at this, can I remind you that the enemy also knows all of these things? 
that the enemy knows these things and he knows that the world around us doesn't help us either because the world is telling us and trying to pull us away. Listen, the greatest commodity that we have right now is attention and the world is great at getting our attention and pulling us away. And we know that, but we give into it so often. But Paul even says in Ephesians 5, look at this. He says, but be very careful then how you live. Not as wise, or not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Do you think things have changed so much since he wrote this to the church of Ephesus? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will for you is. The Lord's will for you is real clear, and he's made it really clear in his word. And if you're not getting into his word to see it and to find it, you're not going to know what it is. And so you're just going to be scrambling, looking all over, and wondering why you feel far from God. It's easy to put off until tomorrow what we should do today. It's very easy. We're all great at it, myself included. But change is going to happen. It's going to happen. And we can put off fully following God, assuming that our life is going to stay the same. But who knows what tomorrow is going to bring? We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So the better question is, are the changes in life going to bring us closer to God? Or are they going to take us further away from him? Are the changes in life going to, going to bring us closer to God or take us further away from him? There's a word I used at the beginning called sanctification. This big word, sanctification, an easy way to think about this is Christian growth. And I think it's much better to think of it as a process. It's better understood as a process because it begins when we come into a relationship with Jesus. That's the moment that it begins. I think a lot of times we see salvation as a finish line when in fact it's actually the starting line. Salvation is an awesome thing, absolutely. And if, and if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I hope that you don't walk out of these doors today or turn off the live stream today without knowing that for sure. But that's your starting line in your relationship with Jesus. That's not the finish line. It's not fire insurance. It's, it's the starting line. It's the starting line to begin. And God continues to transform us as a believer from the inside out so that we can reflect Jesus to the world more and more and more. See, changes in our life, Christian change, it doesn't happen in an instant. There is no spiritual microwave. And it would be nice if there was, but that means that growth takes time. You can't just like hit one on your Bible and go, oh, in 60 seconds, I'll be good, right? It doesn't happen. Think about food for a minute. You're like, I am, Jay. We're all thinking about food. Lunch is coming up. But given the choice between fast food or a home-cooked meal, the correct answer is a home-cooked meal, by the way. Like, I've, I've never walked out of Burger King after eating and been like, that was a good decision. I'm glad I did that. You know? No. You're like, I just ate from a dumpster. But <laughs> fast food is quick and it is temporary and it fills your stomach, but it's highly processed. It's unhealthy. It's expensive. Homemade food is always going to be better. Listen, last week... I had ribs that were cooked for like 14 to 18 hours, and they were incredible. And you know what I didn't do? I didn't finish eating those and goes, man, a McRib would have been better. <laughs> Nobody thought that. Nobody did. And if they did, we would have kicked them out. But a home-cooked meal, listen, it's, if it's made in an oven or a crock pot, right, it takes time. You got to give the food time to marinate, time to absorb the flavors, uh, you know, 
It takes more time, yeah. It's frustrating. Can it be frustrating to cook something for that long? Yeah, it can. It takes more effort, but in the end, it's worth it. In the end, it's, it's, it's worth it, and it's usually better for you. And the same comes uh, from our walk with Jesus. It takes more time. Yeah, it can be frustrating. Yeah, it can be annoying. Yeah, it takes sacrifice and discipline. Absolutely it does. But in the end, you're better for it and it's worth it. And you're glad you spent the time doing it. Look at what it says in Romans 12, verses one through two. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. Paul is pleading pleading with the church to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. How do we change the way we think? We get into God's word more. We spend more time with him. We let his wisdom and his knowledge influence our mind more than, the, more than the junk in the world influences our minds. And that's a tough thing to do if we're gonna be honest with ourselves because we're, call, we're pulled away, the attention constantly pulling us away. But there's a process that's being inferred here by these verses, not a quick fix. It takes sacrifice. It takes giving of your time that maybe you feel like you don't have, but you do. It takes you know, as I said, it takes sacrifice. This image of sacrifice coming from the Old Testament, this practice of offering animal sacrifices as worship and praise to God, Paul's saying the life of a believer is a living sacrifice, one that's set apart by God, and, and it's, it's in constant worship to God. And it happens by the renewing of the believer over and over again. It's a process. His mercies are new every day. And I thank God for that. So will you allow your life to be changed to reflect Jesus? Will you allow you, because you have free will. And so you can, you can choose to allow God to influence you and change you, or you can choose to be selective in those times. Are you gonna choose to allow your life to be changed to reflect Jesus? And let me correct you if you might be thinking about this. Sanctification is not behavior modification. Hear that for a minute. It's not behavior modification, but a transfer, transformation of a person at the core. Too often we start with behavior modification and we think if, if my behaviors line up blah, 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 then I will be right with the Lord, that that is our measuring stick. And it really needs to be the other way around. We need to let the Lord infiltrate our life, change our heart, change our minds, and the behaviors will then follow and you will be transformed into what that looks like. Listen, if we had to start with behavior modification, there's a whole lot of stories in the Bible that wouldn't be in there. The woman at the well, let's start there, okay? There's a whole lot of stories that wouldn't be there if there was a bar that you had to meet in order to come to the foot of the cross and to approach Jesus. And if anybody knows where that bar is, please let me know after the service, I'll be at the orange wall. Theologian Richard Foster described the importance of disciplines, the spiritual disciplines. And he said this, disciplines do not earn us favor with God or measure spiritual success. Hear that. They are exercises which equip us to live fully and freely in the present reality of God 
And God works with us, giving us grace as we learn and grow. We need to cultivate spiritual disciplines. And we need to continue growing in them, whether it's prayer, whether it's serving, whether it's Bible study, meditation, just a few different things that that Christians have been using for centuries that have worked. None of them are in an app, right? Things that cultivate spiritual growth are there and they take time, they take sacrifice and they can be frustrating at times, sure, but they're worth it in the end. They're worth it in the end. So let me ask you this question. Because we've got a group of students and we've got a group of leaders that are sacrificing a week of their life to go to Memphis to, to serve others. And we're going to pray for them together as a church here in just a minute. They're allowing the Holy Spirit to use them to reflect Jesus for a week. And it's an awesome thing. And we should be proud of them and we should be praying for them. And we're going to. But let's bring it to you for just a minute here before we wrap up. I want you to think about yourself. Because as I said, we're, <clears throat> we're really good at thinking about what other people need to, need to fix and change. We can give advice, great. But we don't always give it to ourselves. So let me ask you to ask yourself this. What disciplines or exercises, as this quote was talking about, need to happen today so that tomorrow you can honestly say that you're closer with the Lord than you were the day before? Have you ever thought about it that way? Can, can you say today that you're closer to the Lord than you were yesterday? And you're like, well, yeah, I'm at church. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> Honestly, ask yourself this. Can I say today that I'm closer with the Lord than I was yesterday? And then tomorrow, which never comes, ask yourself that as well. Am I closer with the Lord? And so what do you need to do today? What spiritual discipline do you need to look at today? Because here's my connection point. Here's the connection point for the day. Change will bring you closer to Jesus or take you further away. Don't wait till tomorrow. Because change is going to happen. And it's going to either bring you closer to Jesus, because you have free will, or it's going to take you further away. So don't wait until tomorrow. So let me ask you this. What is that for you? Maybe it's your prayer life. Maybe it's your time in the word. Maybe it's both. We can always do better at both. We can always do better at both. Maybe it's serving. Maybe, there's an, maybe you just, you've never jumped into serving. Guess what? VBS is coming up in a few months and we could use some help. Jump in right there and serve. But, but let me encourage you. Don't wait until, t- don't be like, yeah, I'll, I'll figure that out tomorrow or later when I get home. Just focus here with me for just a minute. Look at me. And listen to God for just a second. What's something you need to decide on right now, today, this moment? I'm going to start that Bible plan later. No, no, no. Send that request on the app right now. Or as soon as we close in prayer or something. But you know what I mean. Let's not put that off. Let's not procrastinate. Let's not wait. What changes need to be made in your life right now? And let me encourage you in this way. You may be thinking of all these things. And I hope that the Lord's brought some things to your mind. Absolutely. But don't put a giant mountain in front of you right now. Pick one thing. What's one step that you can take? What's one step that you can take so that tomorrow you can say, I have taken a step closer to Jesus today more than I did yesterday. What is that thing? Maybe it's, I'm, I'm going to get up 10 minutes earlier and I'm going to spend some time in prayer. I'm going to, 
I'm going to get up 20 minutes earlier and I'm going to do that, that Bible plan that I've just been putting off. Maybe, it, maybe you're an evening person and you need to do it in the evening. Cool. Fine. That quiet time with the Lord, maybe it's that. Maybe it's that serving opportunity and you're like, you know what? Listen, jump on the website right now and sign up for VBS or go to the orange wall afterwards and sign up for VBS before you walk out of this door. Maybe, maybe that change is just a relationship with Jesus. You could, you might be coming here, you might be watching for a, a while and you've just never put your trust in Jesus. You've just never really taken that step to where you can say, honestly, yes, I am a follower of Jesus. I know for sure I'm going to be with him in heaven. Maybe the, the enemy has fooled you into thinking that you've done this or you've done that and, and I'm not worthy and I'm not good enough. Listen, tell him to shut up for a minute and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because I believe some business needs to be done right here and right now with the Lord. And if you know I'm talking right to you, please don't tune me out. Don't tune the Lord out. What step needs to be taken? What's that one thing? Don't wait. Don't wait until tomorrow because tomorrow never actually comes. Will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I know that your spirit is moving through this place. I know that you're challenging us and I know that you're changing us. Because that is the goal every week that we come in here together. Yes, to be encouraged. Yes, to be lifted up and to worship and praise you. But Lord, I pray that each one of us feels challenged to make a change and changed. And so Lord, whatever that one thing is that you put on the hearts and minds of all of us here, I pray that we would actually take that step. Take that one step. Let's not make it something huge, but Lord, something actually attainable. Something that we can, that we can do today that will make a difference in our walk with you tomorrow. Father, if there is one here that doesn't know you as Savior, they're not maybe secure in their relationship with you. They don't, they don't know for sure. Maybe no one's actually been able to sit down and show them in the scriptures what that really means to have a relationship with you. I pray that they wouldn't walk out of this place without getting that right. Whether they come forward, talk to somebody in the yellow lanyard or talk to somebody at the orange wall, or even come find me or, or Trav. Father, I pray that your spirit would just continue to move through this place. God, don't, don't let us wait till tomorrow. Help us to make the change that needs to be made today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.